Amen. They're going to pass those back to you, and we're glad that you're here this morning to join us. If, uh, if this is your first time, man, we're grateful for you. If it's your 20, uh, 20th time, your 1,000th time, I don't know however many, man, you've been here a lot. We're grateful you're here. And uh, this morning, they handed worship guides to you when you came in. We're in a series called I Am in the Words of Jesus, and today happens to be the last installment, lesson number seven, the great seven I am statements of Jesus Christ. That's what we've been studying. And today is that one that is one of my favorite passages of the Gospel of John, chapter 15. So if you have the Bibles, turn over to John 15. That's where we'll find ourselves in about the first 11 verses today. And it's just a great, great passage about the vine. Jesus is the vine. So we've been walking through these elements of who Jesus said he was and hopefully finding uh, spiritual strength and leadership for our souls. But today, he says, I, talking about Jesus, I am the vine, but you, talking about us, we're the branches. And even though some 2,000 years plus are removed from that night from when he spoke this, the Lord still reigns. The Lord still marches forth. His truth is here for us today. And yet, he would ask us today, I want you to be fruitful fruit-bearing as my child. And I want you to bear not a little fruit. I want you to bear much fruit for the honor and the glory of my Father in heaven. So as we look at that passage, we see what Jesus talks about. I want you to become more like me. And when you become more like me, your fruit is going to increase. Your fruit is going to be incredible. So this John 15 passage, I, I, I probably told you before, but I, I still remember this passage I mean, I've read the Bible now for over four decades, seriously, seriously studied the Word of God. But I remember in 1984, I was over at Baptist South Hospital with my bride. We were awaiting the arrival of our first one, this little girl, this woman that stood right here and sang a minute ago, Rachel. And I remember in those days, we did not have sweets like you girls have today. I shouldn't say girls because you women, y'all do all the work. But us men, I, I walk in the rooms now and the men, like they got Lazy Boy and pizzas coming in there and all this stuff. And the women's over there sweating and working and doing all that. But in those days, I'm serious, they had a little straight back chair. It was pitiful. And, and we were there all day, you know, and all, all until the night. And I made a mistake. I, I complained. Oh, I should have never done that. And my wife's over here giving birth. She's giving us our beautiful child, you know. You know, and I'm going, whoa. But, but, I remember, but I remember when she'd kind of be in and out of it, I remember sitting over there with my New Testament, and I was reading John 15 that day. And of all the scriptures I've read, I still remember that day in that hospital when God gave Don and I the greatest gift that we'd ever been given outside of Jesus Christ, the birth of our first child. And then he gave us a second one. Man, it was awesome. But I remember reading and contemplating the truth of John 15, abiding in Christ, and he abides in us. Oh, I hope this text today will just somehow grip you and, and, and do something for you like it has me every time that I see it. But Jesus says, I'm the true vine. So it's loaded with imagery. It's, uh, it's this genuine vine. But I, I want you to just look here with me. In John chapter 15, matter of fact, I'm going to have you stand one last time. And if you'll just read along with me, I'm reading out of the NLT today. You never know what translation I'm reading out of. 
And, but if you look at John 15, 1 through 11, I want you to hear the authority of God's word. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. God bless your word and may it produce a fruit a hundredfold. And the church said, you can be seated. Man, that's a great word. Now, you've already noticed, you go, Pastor, Pastor, you already said the word abide. Did I not release kids? Kids, I need, did they leave anyway? Okay. (laughs) I was just so excited about preaching. All right, kids, I love you. Bless you over there. Okay, thank you. Thank you. you. Y'all are waving a sign like, I think I forgot something. Okay, so here it is. So, uh, I want to get on point here. What was the last thing I said before I interrupted myself? Abide. There it is. Thank you. Abiding. That, that's the word in some translation. If you just notice when I read in the New Living Translation, there was another word, and it means the same thing. It could be dwell, could be remain in me, could be abide in me. So, if some of you read and you went, wait a minute, Pastor, my Bible says abide. Well, this one says remain. Same, same word, same Greek word. See, the Greek is such an exact language, and our language is not near specific, so it, it has a broader meaning many times than what we see. But here it is. Jesus is the true vine. And then, right out of the gate, look at this. I wish this was not in here. I mean, have you, now, I'm just being honest because I don't want to get struck dead. Have you ever read some scriptures you weren't wished were in there? Yeah, like, man, they, like, clean your clock. Like, man. But Jesus knew what we needed. Well, this is one of these verses. It, it's hard. I want you to look at verse 2. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that bear fruit so they will produce even more. He laps off. He cuts off. We're, we're just before that season here before long. Spring will be here. Yesterday we got just a little taste of it, but it's coming and even though we had much of a winter, we just had like a rainy season, whatever. Like we're in the Philippines or something. But, but all this, but we, we start pruning. We start pruning our shrubs and, and trees and all that because we, we want to be more fruitful. We want them to grow out and, and be healthy. Some, some people do, some people don't. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to write out beside that, expect to be pruned. If you get pruned, you get blessed. You went, oh, 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 Pastor, you didn't just say what I think you said. Expect to be pruned. And if you get pruned, you get more blessed. It sounds like some kind of radical surgery. It really is. But we need to be pruned. We need to be cut. Because in that process, God does some of his greatest work. See, when God prunes us, somehow we get reduced. We get more dependent on him many times. 
and we get in a greater position to love more, to forgive more, to, to be more grace-oriented, to have more power. And this branch here, see, the branches, for the branches to grow on a tree or vine or whatever, they have to be attached. They have to abide. They have to, have to remain. And when we remain, when we abide in Christ, when we obey His Word, we are fruitful. I mean, we're fruit-bearing. We're, we're those Christians that people want to be around. We're those Christians that are bringing honor to God. But when we somehow decide to show ourselves withdrawn and we seem to be detached almost, man, there's not much sap going to the branch. It, it's, just, it's just pitiful. There's no new life. But he says here, I, I prune one translation. One would even say he, he cleanses. He cleanses us by the word. The, it, because when he cleanses, it's like if, if you grow plants, you know anything about gardening, when you have dead branches and you have dead stuff on, on, your, on your flowers or whatever, what do you do? You go and do what to them? Some of you are like, man, I just go ahead and say bye. Man, like, see, I, I have a plant in the back. I should have brought it out today. It, it's called the, the Lazarus plant. You know what I'm saying? You, you know I preached on Lazarus the other day about resurrection. Well, I have a plant in my office, and it, it demonstrates the spiritual truth that I'm trying to talk about, about abiding and about being nourished. And for some reason, that plant, um, and, 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 and if you know my yard and, and garden and all that, I, I really kind of get into that. But somehow in the house sometimes, I, I go a little brain dead, and I don't see it. And in, in this office, I, I just don't see it. And, and when Cheryl was here before they moved, uh, she loved to take, she just thought that was funny because I called him the Lazarus plant. And she goes, Lazarus needs attention. And she'd go in there, and she'd talk to him, and she'd water and all that. And he was always, and he's been pouting ever since Cheryl left. But I want you to know, he is alive. Amen? I know you're like, man, it's just a plant. Okay. But, but when, I, when I pour water in there, when, when it seems to be more attached and it has the nutrients, it, it grows, it flourishes. We're the same way as believers in Christ. God wants to nourish us deeply. He wants to drive our roots deep in Christ that we bear fruit. But we get, we get challenges in this life. And when we get challenged, sometimes we, we run away. We seem to detach. We don't seem to abide. We don't seem to remain in, in the goodness of Christ. And we, seem to, and we tend to become unfruitful. We tend to become barren. And barren in a plant, in a tree, is pitiful. What do you do with them? You cut them down. You, you pile them up. You burn them. And, and here he's saying, hey, he's trying to give us an image, a metaphor here, that your life is to be fruit. Your, your life is to be full of vitality and energy and life and and fruit bearing and beautiful and luscious like when you know when uh like uh, this spring I, I i guess was it spring last year when we went and picked strawberries when we picked strawberries we picked spring fall or spring spring and you go out there, there there's one right out here on off highway 80 there's a little strawberry farm and man you go out there and when stuff's attached to the vine man and, and those things start turning red and you pick them up and man it's awesome now, the, the strawberries that get discarded, they get off to the side. They, they start looking kind of gnarly and insects and bugs start getting at them because they got, they got to abide. See, we've got to abide in the riches of Christ. We've got to hear his voice. We always come back around to that. We need to run to God. Here it is, pruning. Let me tell you, I want you to write this out there. It's not going to come in the notes, but it's two, two thoughts. For pruning to occur, I think it happens uh, by the word of God. The word prunes you and me it reads me it shows me my shortcomings it shows me my error it shows me where i need correction so here it is it's like a mirror when you and i look in a mirror what does it do it reveals what 
Be nice. What does it reveal? Your image. It, it reveals you. And you're saying, yeah, it reveals your cracks. Well, whatever. That was really sweet of you. But, but it reveals, and it reveals it needs attention. When I read God's Word, it's a mirror for your soul and mind. It reveals to us. It also, the, the Word of God says, God's Word is like a double-edged sword, like a knife. It cuts. When you think cut, what do you think? Ouch. When you think cut, what do you think? Death. When you think cut, you think rearrange. And God cuts us with this word because he wants to develop something greater in us. It's his son, the image of Christ. He wants us to become more Christ-like. So all these images in the word of God, all these metaphors, they're beautiful. It's the, it's the Christian life. It's like we're not perfect, but we're headed toward perfection. We're being the theological word is just sanctified. We're being set apart as believers for the purpose of God to be changed, to be conformed, to grow into the image of Christ. And God's people said, that's for me. That's for you and me. See, we're, we're not where we want to be. There's nobody in this room. I don't care if you think you're super Christian. You came this morning and you pull off your sh top shirt and I looked at your shirt and there's a big S. And I go, what's the S for? Super Christian. And I go, man, you've deceived yourself. And, and some of you almost have hit super Christian status. I won't tell you which ones. And some of you are going, man, I, I ain't even got a t-shirt, man. I'm, I'm not a very good Christian. Well, today would be a good day to start becoming a better Christian, wouldn't it? It's not that that's going to ever earn you grace and, and, and into the interest. That's through the blood of Christ. But God wants us to become like him. So it perfects us. You know what pruning does? It makes something produce more. See, I don't like pruning. I don't think you like. But I need it, and you do. And when God prunes us, here, one preacher said one time, when God takes us to the woodshed, you ever been to the woodshed? That's probably not even politically correct now. That's, I'd probably get letters or something, yeah. But, but I understood what it meant. I mean, my daddy never took me to the woodshed, but I tell you what, my daddy knew what a belt was. They'd raise your hand if your daddy knew what a belt was. Just raise your hand. Did it hurt you? Oh, 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 it hurt. But was it good for you? It helped develop character. See, the one I talked about earlier, I could just point to it. Oh, Dad, no. Most obedient child you've ever seen. I'm serious. It was amazing. Her sister. Mm, another story for another day. Amazing young woman of God. But she had a, you know, she had a different view of this correction. Okay, so pruning produces more. See, see, keeps pruning. It feels, it, it, it feels rough at times. But not, God, when you do it to me, it's for me. It's for your good. It's for your glory. Because you realize there's some things that need to be cut off. There's some behaviors. See, when I read the Word every morning, some mornings more than others, I, I, I see that I need surgery that day. I, I see I need, I need some correction. I need some pruning. Or maybe God takes you and me through a pruning season where he, he prunes things in our lives because He loves us. See, I remember hearing this truth years ago. God loves you and me far too much to leave us where we are. God wants to continue to shape me and you daily. Conform us. Conforming's hard, but it's good for the soul. So God, we, we trust you. We run to you. So it, it, it's good for the Lord to prune, and then it makes it more. But see, here, here's what I, I hate today. There's some false ideologies. There's some false theology. I call it prosperity gospel. Ugh. And you're just going to have an awesome career. You're never going to get sick. Everybody's going to love you. Everything's going to be perfect. What world are you living in? I mean, 
Has anybody ever had anything hard happen to them? Yeah, like all the time. That's life. And in that process, God works. And we lean into him and we trust him. But then I, I run over that scripture real quick. Galatians, the Apostle Paul, chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. And, and I, pr- I try to pray this passage daily in my walks. Because I want the Holy Spirit to produce in me and you fruit in keeping with repentance. What is, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and I wish you hadn't put that one in there. But that's in there. And you see, you see sometimes we go, I'm going to work on this fruit. Mm-mm-mm. You don't even understand it. It's a package deal. It's distinctives of abiding in Christ. And God wants to produce fruit in you and me. And he wants to produce this beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit because that's attractive to others. That makes a winsome witness for Christ. When, here it is, the last thought on this. When God prunes, we grow. When God prunes, we grow. So right now, this morning, if you're in a pruning season or you just got out of one or you're going to head into one, realize the Father loves you. And he's not abandoning you. He's not forsaking you. He's growing you. You, you remember when you were growing as a kid? You, you remember laying in your bed? Oh, mama, mama, my legs hurt. Go to sleep. Mama, mama, my legs hurt. Anybody ever heard that lately? Yeah, because your body, as an adult, your mama don't go, you're growing, Keith. No, I might be growing out, but I'm not, I'm not growing. No, I'm, I'm not growing. I'm not stretching. It, I, I tell you what I've learned at my age now. I'm shrinking. I'm shorter than I was when I was high school or college. That bothers me severely. Okay. I remember when I went to get my driver's license the last time and got that star ID. That's just a little side bit. You ought to do that. You know, it's going to be a, a law, I think. But I went to do that, and I told her how tall I was. Or is there the doctor somewhere I went? And they went, no, you're not. I said, I am. They said, you are not. And, you know, it's not real good for a preacher to argue with the nurse. And, and then I realized I'm shrinking. My vertebrae have, compre- uh, my disc have compressed. And that, that's what it is. I'm a little more challenged than I used to be. Let's keep going. Here we go. Expect pruning. Here, purge, cleanse. Uh, here, here's a great word for uh, purge, catheterize. Now, you nursing personnel, you know what I'm saying. You've been to the hospital and you've had that procedure. They get poison out of you. That's what God does. He purges us. He catheterizes. He cleanses us by the beauty of his word that we might become like Christ. All right, let's move here. We spent a lot of time there. And then he goes, you've been proved, you've been purified. But look at verse 4. That's what I get excited about. Verse 4. Remain in me, abide in me, and I will abide in you. For I will then produce much fruit as he abides. Now, there's 10 instances right here in this little simple passage of Scripture in John 15 that the Word of God uses the word remain and abide. God is extremely repetitive that He's trying to drive this truth into our hearts. And the Scripture says in John 6, 56, just listen to this abide thing. He who eats my flesh, drinks my blood, abides in me and I in him. 1 John 2, 6. The one who says he abides in him himself ought to walk in the same manner as he walked, being Jesus. 2 John 9, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. It's great truth. And James 1.25, last one. 
But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man, this woman will be blessed in what they do. You could just do a study on remaining, on abiding, and you would see it throughout the Scripture. God's serious about the family of faith abiding in the riches of Christ. So what does it mean to abide in Him? I would just somewhere in your note, I would just go, it means walking in the Spirit. Abiding in Christ means the fullness of God as I walk in the Spirit. I, I want you to move here because I, I, I could spend all day, I get so excited about this section, but I want you to see this little block. So the first point was expected to be pruned. Look in the little box. Abide means connection. We're connected to God. We're connected deeply to the person of Christ. It's not an option for a believer that we abide. God calls every believer to abide in Christ, to be our constant companion. This Christian life, abiding, abiding, reading the Word, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, being in fellowship with other believers, but abiding in the presence and the, in the body of Christ. God, I want that. So connection, you know what it is? Connection is life-giving. Just write that out to the side. Connection means I have a life-giving tap, a life-giving source. I'm connected to the vine. The vine is Jesus. Look at the, the, the next one, dependence. God wants you and me to depend not on ourselves, but on him. Uh, the scriptures come to me real quick, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In all your ways acknowledge him, lean not on your own understanding, and what? He will do what? He'll direct, he'll guide your path. Lord, we want to be dependent on you. Lord, you see, the branch is dependent on the vine to produce grapes. The branch is dependent on the tree to produce leaves and produce uh, uh, plants or, or to produce fruit or whatever. We're dependent on Christ. And you'll see why in a minute. Now look at the third one. It's continuance. We abide. We remain in him. We continue in this great work of faith. We reside. We stay. We remain. We're anchored uh, I like the word, we're tethered to Christ. I love that, being tethered to something, being wrapped in it. Oh, that's what I pray for our church. That I don't care what storm comes your way, you would be so attached to the vine of Christ that Christ would do a greater work in us as a fellowship, as believers, individually. We keep remaining, we keep doing that. J.C. Ryle, a great uh, teacher, commentator, said this. To abide in Christ means to keep up the habit of constant, close communion with Him. To always be leaning on Him, resting on Him, pouring out our hearts to Him, and using Him as our fountain of life and strength, as our chief companion and best friend. To have His words abiding in us is to keep His sayings and precepts continually before our memories and minds, to make them the guide of our actions and the rule of our daily conduct and our behavior. There's a, there's a quote from Andrew Murray. He's a great, great prolific teacher and writer. He, he's been dead for a number of years. But I love this one. A soul filled with the large thoughts of the vine will be st a strong branch, will abide confidently in him, be much occupied with Jesus, and believe much in him is a true vine. I, I like that. Lord Jesus, when I and my friends choose to abide in you, the response, the answer will be, we will be strong. How many want to be strong spiritually? Hopefully everybody in this room, that's why you're here. And to be strong, you have to abide. If you're getting cut up, if, you're get, if you've been cut off, 
man, there's no strength. There's, there's no victory. There's no win. There's no witness. But when we're strong in Christ, oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, the other night, several of us from the church went to hear, hear Clay Dyer. This young man, three foot tall because he has no legs. He had no arms. He had only a nub here. One of the most powerful demonstrations, the strongest person I think I have seen in a few decades for Jesus Christ. Was he not? This guy was amazing. He just kind of waddled, if you would, all across that stage with the authority of Christ. And this guy has 15 sponsors. He's a world-class bass fisherman. He's married, has a family. Just, I, I, I was just enamored. I just sat there and watched him, and I was just taken about his passion for the Savior and how God had created him specially and uh, had, had uh, conformed and he, he was doing this great work in his heart. Oh, man, he, he spoke to several hundred, four people came to Christ the other night and he just travels around the country when he's not fishing, just giving glory to Christ, attached to the vine. Abiding, just write down about there, abiding means to settle down. I just settled down. You know, when you settle in a place, you settle in a new home, you settle in a new city, you just kind of lay down, you just, you're settled. That's what it means to abide. Our church is a military church. We have military, we've had so many military families come through our church. And they abide in Montgomery for a season. They remain here. They, they settle down. Praise God for the Gimlins. They decide to really settle down here. Amen. But most families, they're just kind of, they're on their way somewhere. And I'll ask them, I always ask the majors that come through. We have so many majors that come through here. We have so many of every rank. But I'll ask all these majors. I go, major, hey, major, major, are you coming back to Montgomery? And they'll just kind of wink at me or they'll just kind of grin or they'll put their head down. No. But we, we like you. We love our church. Oh, praise the Lord. But we're going to Wyoming. We're going to Utah. We're going to Florida. I imagine that. We're going to Texas. We're going wherever. But this is just kind of a stopping off place. But while we're here, we're going to just kind of settle down here. And this will be our faith family. We go, we welcome you with open arms. And the church said, and we love that. Abiding. I hope you're seeing this abiding concept that Christ wants to abide deeply in us, but we abide, we, we rest, we remain in Him. We walk by faith. We engage in intentional focus on Christ, union with Christ. We say, yes, Jesus. Lord, I want to be available. I want, I want to abide. I, I want to yield. All right, move down to this. Point A. The unhindered prayer life. When we abide, I believe our prayers or stronger i believe our prayers are more effective more effectual they they seem to get through and we we as we draw life from jesus and this passage here even talks about asking and praying and petitioning the lord look at the second one so an unhindered prayer life how about there's an unending love that comes out from christ this love that can't be contained this this love that overflows it's, it's the promise of the vine and the branches that if we abide in him and him and us, he'll fill us. But then look at the, the third one. Oh, I, I get, well, this is my favorite. He doesn't just fill us with unending love. He fills us with an uncommon joy. The, the one passage says he fills you and I with joy unspeakable. Oh, that's the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's for us this morning. Lord, we want that joy. What does joy do? 
It's, it's divine in nature. It comes from above. It, it abides at all times. It abides in the difficult times. It abides, it, 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 it comes in, in, in the good times, in the hard times. And in, in this room right now, there are people on both ends of the spectrum. And God wants us to abide in him. Oh, it, it, you know what joy is? Joy has never been or never will be dependent on our happiness. Joy is always dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that has won the victory and secured it forever. Lord Jesus, would you be our constant joy? Joy is a product of faith. It's the joy in the Lord. You know, here's what I'd say to you. Just write it down. Joy in Christ produces great faithfulness. When we find the joy of Christ and we want to abound in that, we want to abide in that, I believe faithfulness overflows from our heart. It just comes out. Martin Luther, the great Reformation guy, said, we're saved by faith alone, but that faith that saves is never alone. In other words, that faith finds community. And that's who we are as a fellowship. We have found the community of other believers, other strugglers, to share in the goodness of Christ, the grace of Jesus. Look at John 15, 5. Now, this, I've quoted this verse so many times, and this is where I get it. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. From apart from me, you can do... Wait a minute, let's say it again. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Zilt. Nada. Oh, God, I'm just a clanging symbol without you. Uh huh. But with me, there can be joy and fruitfulness. So this morning, I'm thinking, Lord, apart from you, Lord, I don't really accomplish very much. But in you, I can speak and that mountain can move. I can speak and I can see the miracles of the Lord. I, I can pray. I can, I can speak to the God of heaven and my God hears me. I can speak and I can pray on others' behalf. I can, I can have a witness. I can, you know, I can speak life. I mean, I can speak. I mean, how many believe that in the tongue is life, that your words have the ability to, in, in fact, to empower other people? How many believe you can speak in other people's lives and it empowers them? Well, you don't believe in the power of exhortation, do you? See, I believe when you infuse life into another, and when you speak faith into the life of other people, I believe, man, the whole atmosphere changes. It's the goodness of God. It's the mercy of Christ. So Christ wants to do these things in us. The Christian life, I'll come back to this, is joy-giving. Lord, produce great joy in this room. Make that joy. See, I think if you and I can, can get a grasp of abiding and Christ begins to work deep in our hearts, joy is going to leak out. It's just going to have to come out. And in the joy process, I think people are going to start having more questions. I, I don't know why. Like, all right, let, let's just pick on it right now. The voids have just gone through a very difficult situation. And man, they've been abiding in Christ, observing their faith, watching their faith, watching our faith family walk through this with a voice. It's, it's, been, it's just been instrumental in my... How many, of you, how many of you have grown in your faith because of the voice trial, what they've been going through with little Bennett? Yeah. Isn't it? And, and, and God has been... And I love the outcome that they're having in the Voigt family. And we're continuing to pray for wholeness and completeness and everything to be even immeasurably more than mom and dad are asked that mom and dad asked, and the church said, amen. But you know, sometimes, sometimes our prayers don't get answered like we want. Does that mean God's not good? Absolutely not. God is good, and he is in charge. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and tell you what I told my small group the other day. 
I am praying about doing a series sometime between now and when Jesus comes. On the book of Job. It's not going to be a 42-week series. But I'm going to do a series on Job because I just feel like the church needs to hear that. So be praying for me, and we'll see where we go. All right, so liberating, doing nothing without Christ. All right, keep moving. Look, fill this in. The bearing of fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, could only come forth by abiding in Jesus. Abiding, there it is. We have to abide. And then as we abide in Christ, and Christ in us, and us in Him, seated in heavenly places, then we walk by the Spirit of Christ. We walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what God has provided for us when he says, I leave. But if I leave, I will send another. Who's the, who's the other? The comforter, the Holy Spirit. And if I send the Holy Spirit, you'll even do greater things than I did. And he will be with you now and forevermore. I am grateful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful for the ministry of the Lord Jesus. I'm grateful for the ministry of the Father. I might have what just said, I'm grateful for the ministry of the Trinity, aren't you? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit three but one god lord we love you we trust you we know we have purposes in you we know we're delegated by you we know that lord you've not called our lives to be static but you've called our lives to be alive and to be full so lord we want to abide in you oh i pray by faith that you and i would somehow take these words and just read it producing much fruit look at verse eight when you produce much fruit you're my true disciples do you want to be a true disciple or kind of a wimpy disciple? I want to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. This brings great glory or honor to my Father. Verse 9. I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Remain, abide in the love of Jesus. When you obey my commandments, you now remain in my love. See, Jesus wants you and I to obey. And that's probably the hardest part of the Christian faith is obeying. But obedience brings blessing. Obedience brings conformity to the image of Christ as we abide in Him. Joy is complete as you and I choose to abide. Now, look at this one minute. Bearing fruit is a result of obedience to the Word of God. I just spoke it. That's what it is. It's obedience to the Word of God and also and to the Holy Spirit's promptings. Another word would be leading. You know, the Holy Spirit prompts us as children of the light, as children of God. And as the Holy Spirit prompts you and I, we need to do it. See, the, I'll speak the word, and the Holy Spirit will convict you through the word, through, his, through the ministry of the Spirit, through the ministry of the word. And then we have to choose to act on it, or we ignore it. I mean, we got a choice. We can reject it, or we can receive it. And now I pray that, God, we would receive the word of Christ fully. This morning, it's going to be rich when you get to body lifetime if you choose to stay and be a part of that. I, I think you can have some good discussion, but I'm going to give you five quick things, and we'll, we'll break up. The five different degrees of fruit bearing. Number one, John 15, 2, no fruit. You can stay in the no fruit category. I wouldn't encourage it. 15, 2, also, you could have fruit. That, that, that's pretty good. Or as you go on and... 15.2. The third one would be more fruit. Oh, yes. Then 15.8. Much fruit. Abounding fruit. And then John 15.16. We didn't read that. Let's turn to John 15.16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that my Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. 
This is my command, verse 17. Love each other. That's God's word for this Sunday morning. May we take the great I am's and see it produced in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the power of your word. And God, I just believe by the power of your Holy Spirit working through your alive word that you are conforming, shaping, building, pruning, cutting, doing surgery in our hearts and lives and church and ministry. Jesus, glorify your name in this body of faith corporately and individually. In Jesus' name, amen.